This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. I am Rob Crane and I'm here with Chris Valente. Chris, how are you, my friend? Great, Rob. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, first question, how, listen to the interview uh, with Brian, how was your first interview? How did you like it? Well, it was really easy because I was talking to my buddy of 27 years who I have that conversation with on a daily basis, so I <laughs> yeah, probably bit. eased my way in than, easier than you did, um, sitting in my parents' basement in a comfortable surrounding setting with someone I know, so... From a comfortability standpoint, I probably couldn't have asked for a, a better first victim. Uh, so, <laughs> and well as you listened, it, it it just became kind of a rehash of our childhood and probably some inside stuff that no one held, knew what the hell we were talking about. So, apologize for that. But uh, it was fun. It was a blast. Brian loved it. He was pumped. Uh, he, I think his whole entire family has already listened to it. I think that's why our, those download numbers are flying off the charts. <laughs> Specie family runs deep. Runs deep. The Italians in Jersey, uh, now Florida, uh, the the non mobsters, as he said in our interview. But uh, it was great, and I I think he did a he did a great job in terms of providing more insight into what you and I already talk about of networking and work ethic and 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 making sure you land in the right job and the right role. So uh, thank you to Brian. Yeah, thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. It felt more like one of these things that we do. Uh, once a week, more so than like the typical interview um, that has been done that we've that front that we've been doing on front office features like once a week. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, I mean it should too. If it didn't, I would I would find it be very awkward that he was my best man in my wedding. Uh, but uh, <laughs> best man, but I don't really fucking know. He's got he's got some more stories probably to tell uh, about our childhood that may or may not be appropriate for this uh, podcast. But can I? I need there. There's one. Major thing. Oh, here we go. I know. What, I know what you're going to ask me. That that you hinted on. Yeah. That no, there was. I'm dying to know. There was something, something, something. Oh, by the way, the time that you saved me when I got arrested. Wait. No, what? he didn't save me. Don't even let it. He didn't save me. So first of all, I just heard I got arrested and then you moved on. I'm yeah. like, wait, 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 wait. Chris, go back, go back, go back, go back. Well, I knew that was coming in this podcast. I knew there would be a follow up. I knew that wouldn't get by you. So. No, um, the alarm bells are ringing. This is a this is a ridiculous seventeen year old story. Luckily, we were seventeen, so we were uh, we were in high school. Went to a high school party. We showed up myself, Brian, and another one of my buddies, Andrew, who is now a cop, mind you. Uh, we get there. We got there a little bit later. I, I'll vividly remember this to the day I die. This was in a best man speech. My my father said to me, "Don't 
do anything stupid tonight. That was his last words as I walked out of the house. <laughs> Fast forwarding, uh, the story check. ends in a holding cell. So we'll get to the we'll get to the in between. So I don't know if that qualified as stupid, but that's how we get to this point. So Andrew and myself, Brian Brian's driving. Um, pull up to this uh, convenience store that sells alcohol, and Andrew and myself get out, and Brian stays in the car. We proceed to go inside. Uh, we throw the, I think it was Bud Light, on the counter. And the guy goes, do you have ID? And we didn't have fake IDs. I didn't have a fake ID. And I go, nope. And my buddy Andrew goes, uh, yep. And I like pause and I look at him like, what the hell is he talking about? He hands him his real ID, hoping this guy's just like, oh, yep, here we go. <laughs> so the guy like flips out. He's like, you're trying to get me in trouble. You're underage, yada, yada, yada. He's like, I'm calling the cops. And he goes to me, he goes, let me see your ID. And I'm like, no. He's like, well, why not? I was like, well, you just took his. And he's like, well, let me see your ID. And I look at my buddy, Andrew's like, hey, man. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll go down with you. This is fine. So I hand him my ID. And he goes, ha ha, fooled you. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, here we go. So the cops come in. Brian's in the car, mind you, outside. He has no idea what's going on inside. When the cops roll out, he's probably like shitting his pants. Like, why is it taking forever? <laughs> yeah, and now why are the cops here? It was like literally. Super, and now why are the cops? Here? It was so super bad like... before super bad, right? This was like literally a super bad moment. <laughs> and uh, so the cops come in. They don't really physically arrest us because they just they, they. I think it was more to scare us. They put us in the car. They and they tell Brian. He gets out. He goes, "What's going on?" They tell him, "Get the hell out of here!" And he leaves. Don't let him fool you. He did not save us. He leaves. Andrew and I <laughs> go down to the police station. Um, we're 17, so we're not even 18 yet, so that's in our favor. We didn't use a fake ID because we didn't have them, so that's also in our favor. And the cop was like, what's your social security number? I have no idea. I'm, when the hell do you use your social security number before college? No clue. Use it like once for your SATs, no right? And you wrote that down. You didn't know what your social security number was. So long story short, Andrew and I are put in the, the, the holding cell. They call our parents. Uh, they come down and are just staring at us in the holding cell. And I'm like, uh-oh, this isn't good. Um, does this qualify as stupid? <laughs> so don't do anything stupid that my father said before we left. So that is the story of how with Brian, he watched us thrown into a cop car and drove off and left us and went back to the party. So. He did not so he save went back us. To the yeah, he didn't save he us. Went back to the he went party. back to the party. So, like, oh, good for Brian. Yeah. Brian's my kind of guy. I like, yeah. I like yeah. his stuff. By the way, that was way tamer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It was nothing bad. It wasn't on our record. We never got really charged anything. We didn't do it other than try to buy alcohol underage, which was stupid, and give our real ID, which was even dumber. Um, we probably could have been charged with stupidity more so than anything. But uh, they sent us home with our parents and. We dealt with the repercussions on the back end there, but yeah, we uh, that was a, a a pretty dumb dumb story yeah but 17 you're allowed to be dumb yeah um but with brian what i loved uh brian's kind of path especially when he goes so he's with he made his he kind of made his hay in uh with the lightning right yes he spent the majority of his career uh percentage wise with tampa bay which as we kind of talked about has established an amazing network of individuals when they rebuilt that brand the vinick group They've done uh, some really impressive stuff in the industry. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, as like we mentioned, you wouldn't think of as this top-tier brand. If now people look at them as a place to work and a place to be and a destination. So uh, he did most of his um, learning under the folks there in Tampa Bay. And now he's back, ironically, a small world industry, working with them because the Vinick Group represents USF on the sponsorship side where Brian's running the ticket oh. sales side. 
It's interesting. And then he made like the North, like, you know, you can see the transition to Vegas, right? They're opening up the T-Mobile arena, open up that, still stays with the NHL, working with a great thing. But what I found incredibly interesting was going from Golden Knights, glitz, glamour, Vegas, brand new, everything to sell tickets at UConn. You want to talk about kind of the discussion that you had with him about that? So, yeah, I think. So when he was with Tampa, he was with Tampa for a while, and obviously everyone's looking to move up. And if you spend that many years in an organization and you you hit your sales numbers, you there's an expectation that you either move up or move on. And I remember talking to him about his career path, and when Vegas came on the table, I told him under no circumstances can you pass this up at this point in your career to be able to go launch an NHL franchise. Like we've, you and I have both launched minor league franchises. Neither one of us have launched a professional major league franchise. Those things, the opportunities just don't come along often. So I was like, if you have that chance and you have the flexibility to go to Vegas right now and do that, you got to do it. And the story that you'll have to tell and the opportunities and the business that you'll close and the people you'll meet, that'll be with you for the rest of your life. So he did it. And I mean, you heard him. He talked highly about it. He loved Las Vegas. So it wasn't really a hard sell for Brian to move to Las Vegas. Yeah, right. But um, like you mentioned, there's the glitz, there's the glamour, you're the big shot, you're talking to Brad Garrett, all this stuff. He knew he wanted to be in a higher role, and he made the conscious decision to move to Storrs, Connecticut, which is very far from Las Vegas. In the middle Vegas. of nowhere if you're not from New England. Like, Storrs, Connecticut is literally just... There's nothing. Well, it's the, it's nothing. the campus. Like just That's it. Just trees and then Yukon. That's it. Uh, very different than Far Cry from Las Vegas and the parties and the pools. So, but... Uh, talking through it with him and, and, and deciding, like, look, he goes, I'm ready to manage a full staff. And getting that opportunity sometimes at the major league level isn't the easiest thing to do without having experience at some other level. So he took the risk, took the jump, uh, went to UConn. Aspire Group fell in love with him. They turned around uh, their whole entire structure there. He, they didn't. They never did. They only had one price for, I think, for their whole bowl, They for renewals. They always move people around. He changed the whole entire way they did business, increased sales, hit his numbers, blew by his numbers, and then he'd always had a strong desire from a personal standpoint to go back to Tampa. And luckily for him, the Aspire Group has the contract with USF. USF has some work to do, uh, more of a football school than a basketball school, which UConn is the, is the flip side. They approached him about going there and... He and I talked through that again. He's at a point in his life where where he lives matters sometimes more than his opportunity. And he went back home in his second home, I would call it, Tampa Bay. And he couldn't be happier. And I'm sure you could hear that in his voice when he and I were talking. Yeah, he was he was thrilled. But I just thought one of the points that we've talked about is um, it's not about the name on the front of the uniform. It's about the opportunity that you have in front of you. And I just thought that was a primo example of that, right? Is nights to stores. That is the, if in a nutshell, in a vacuum, if you can put that in front of a younger kid and show him that case study and now what's worked out for Brian in the long run um, and the short run, that is what we're trying to get convey to everyone is, look, he's worked for the NHL, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Florida Panthers, the New Jersey Nets, the VJK, VJK, UConn, and um, USF now. I will tell you, because I know Brian, he's never been happier in his role and his day-to-day than he is with UConn and USF. 
Good for him. It just seems perfect. And, like, that kind of happiness and not content, but, like, excited to go to work every day doesn't happen everywhere. No. And when you get it, you know, you got to box it up and just be appreciative of it. it. And that's so much more valuable as you get through your career. And you and I both can attest to that is those little things matter sometimes more than the actual salary or the actual title is pure happiness and the people that you work with. I mean, we've, we've been preaching that now for four or five months that part of life becomes so much more important to you as a human and an individual when you go to work that you're not just miserable. When you're young, you can suck it up. You got to get through it. You see the light at the end of the tunnel. You're not going to be there forever. But as you progress in your career, what you're doing on a day-to-day basis and who you're doing it with goes to the top of the list for me in terms of what I'm going to decide to do with the rest of my life. Totally. One of the things I think is overrated, and this is just me personally, are titles. They're completely overrated. Titles are free. And, yeah, you want the title because, in all honesty, because of the pay. But if you can get the pay, and who cares what the title Call is. Call me janitor. I don't care. Right. I don't care either. It's the same thing. It's like, um, you know, because you, you'd be like, the person on the outside's like, yeah, Chris sells stuff for Fenway. And then they would look at me and say, yeah, he's the sales guy for the uh, Worcester Red Sox. And they're going to look at Brian and be like, that guy sells tickets for USF. I don't know. He's the main ticket guy. Whatever the hell his title is. So I, I think I wrote this in a very early blog. The only person who, at the end of the day, as you go through life, that cares about your title is your mom. <laughs> she's, <laughs> like, I mean, so many other people have to worry about their own lives that for the split second yeah. you say I'm the SVP or the VP or whatever, the director, they're like, oh, that's cool. What's what's better is is the passion that'll come through when you tell them what you do for a living, and that you like your day to day versus what your title is. I mean, you. I mean, you, like we've talked about, you work closely with us at FSM. It doesn't matter if you're the chief business officer or a sales associate. The bars on your sleeve, they don't exist, and that's it's because titles are just they're, like you said, they're free. They're absolutely free. Yeah, and uh, one of the things, if you're ever negotiating. Um, in my opinion, if you're in like negotiating your next salary or your next bump, um, don't let the other person on the other side of the table be like, "All right, I'm going to give you this fancy title." No, take the money, man. Absolutely. Right, take the titles. Uh, don't the pay money the bills. Is way more important than some stupid title. Titles don't pay the bills. They just they physically can't. You can you're not going to tell the electric company, "Hey, by the way, I'm the director, so I uh, I'm, I'm going to pay I'm you the with director. this." Director. <laughs> yeah, great. It's still forty nine ninety five. Yeah. So no, I, I I wholeheartedly agree that the job and the description in your day to day and who you work with way outweighs your title. Do not chase titles. Do not worry about your title. Make sure you like your job, not your title. Yeah. Um, speaking of Vegas with the Golden Knights, how was uh, the final parts of uh, CES? Uh, CES is way too long. <laughs> it's like a four or five days. Yeah, it's right? way too long. It's the largest trade show in the world. Getting in and out of the convention center area might be the seventh ring of hell because everyone's leaving at the exact same time. So getting an Uber or a cab is literally impossible. impossible. Uh, much about surge pricing. But the technology and the vendors and everybody there, of if I was saying to someone, if 10% of what I saw is real and are coming to fruition, holy shit, the world is about to change. It yeah, um, is crazy. So that kind of leads... Um, that kind of leads me into one of the things I found interesting and wanted to talk with you about. So I was listening to Sports Business Journal has like a uh, as a podcast 
a couple they have like every day and then they've got like a once a week one where they're talking about different things and they were talking about um what does the sports landscape look like in 2040 and they were just not like flying cars or that kind of stuff but like where do you see um sports going and with you just coming back from ces I, uh, I I wanted to get your your thoughts, and I'll give you mine on kind of where you see um, sports, the sports business uh, going, both in venue and out of venue. Uh, I think, and we've already started to see it. I think to take this pillar by pillar, there'll be a dramatic shift, and it's already kind of started with AI on the ticket sales front. Uh, I think that the technology that's being developed on the back ends of the house. Um, special pricing with, with the fluc- prices that fluctuate based on demand will be very much implemented. Um, the, there's so much money on the secondary markets that teams and leagues are leaving on the table when you see what the prices sometimes are for an event on StubHub, that the ticket sellers will become much more automated, uh, more so than the 100 phone calls a day. I think that those days are going to be much more behind us as we move forward with technology. I think yep. people are so used to buying things now on their phone and not through on a phone um that ticket sales is one of the last places that still happens so i think you'll be to see a huge shift in the way tickets are are sold and purchased uh as the first thing i mean do you guys do you guys still do the hundred phone calls a day it's not like you got to make a hundred but i mean like we're talking you got to be on the phone 60 or 80 times a day absolutely now and we used to talk about this. Like, Especially the ticket guys. Right. No, and I think the minor leagues, I think, are probably a little bit different than the, the, the majors. But do you think that is going to eventually dissolve into where it's just people? It already kind of has because it used to be where it was, I'm picking up the phone and dialing 60 or 80 times. That's just one avenue, right? Like we're telling our guys talk about like find them on linkedin right let's social get selling through linkedin for let's sure see if you can find an email address uh uh through you know whether their website uh plus a phone call plus maybe a direct mail piece um when you and then we're looking at um buying right now linkedin ads so that you know most of the people who make uh decisions on let's say group sales or have human resources in their title um and having uh, anything that pops up, you have a human resources um, title on LinkedIn that you're getting a, a Paw Sox or a Woo Sox uh, ad about having a group out, out at the ballpark. I think uh, that's just right now um, where that's going. But I agree with you. This there's There's got to be a way, at least for a certain amount of tickets, that that they can just almost, not you know, AI sounds like they're going to sell themselves, but, you know, to be able to cre- create really – dynamic pricing compared to what mo- what some people are doing are variable variable pricing the difference being variable pricing hey we do well on saturday nights so saturday nights are more expensive or weekends are yep. more expensive uh dynamic pricing being really based on you know the old adage of supply and demand yeah no i think the a couple mlb i think the giants and it do continues it continues to fluctuate and we do the tiered pricing right so like you mentioned dynamic where it's Yankees are tier five and Kansas City Royals are tier yep. one on a Tuesday night. It's just different pricing for the same exact seat. But with the, the technology and AI, like you said, they're not really, the, the computer's not picking up the phone and making making a sale. It's just that I think the consumer and, and the younger generation that'll be coming are so trained and versed in making their transactions through their phones that the majority of tickets will be 
uh, transacted that way. And I, I just think AI will play a major, major part in that in the dynamic. I mean, we've talked about this forever. The Red Sox and the, or the Yankees, they set their ticket price with Major League Baseball for a World Series game game seven, right? Yeah. Call it $400 face value. You go on StubHub, that same like ticket's $2,000. It's $2,000. So, like, if the team ever listed it as $2,000, they'd be, they'd be killed for gouging, but people are willing to pay it. So why wouldn't, as an organization, you want to get that money yourself? Right. I, I agree. I also think, too... The day of like the old school season ticket is dying. Oh God, yeah. And I, millennials I, and Gen Z—they're not going season tickets. No freaking way. No I, way. I, but I do, but I do think a subscription-based where some of the things I think the A's do a pretty good job of starting to implement this—that for a reasonable amount of money, once a month, that you know thirty, forty, sixty, ninety-nine dollars, whatever the hell the number ends up being—that you can go as many times as you want. Uh, and uh, what I like to see in um, uh, our uh, VP of ticket sales, Matt Harper's, talks a lot about. Um, yeah, that seat might be on a Tuesday in April, uh, front row, right? But in a Saturday night against the Yankees, it might be an SRO seat. So the 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 subscription model makes too much sense to me, right? So everyone now is trained on paying their Apple Music monthly, their cell phone bill monthly, their cable I, gym membership monthly. We're just we're just trained to accept a mem- a membership fee, right? Like, and you just yeah, never can right. you it never cancel happens. it. It's just like it's just a pain in the ass to cancel things. So, like, here you go. So, from the ticket sales world, you mentioned the A's. I think the Mets do something like that too. Is probably the model that's going to evolve um, based on how you sell tickets and people's time. Like, not many twenty five year olds number one have the the money to buy season tickets and also the time to go to eighty one baseball games. So. I think it's a genius way to, to, to continue to get revenue from people who necessarily wouldn't find a season ticket desirable. Yeah. I also think, too, that one of the things, in my opinion, that needs to be changed is the home experience, obviously, is so good. I'm thinking for, you know, NHL, NBA, uh, NFL, Major League Baseball, the home experience is so good. So I'm thinking to myself, what do you miss at the in-venue, right? So one of the things I think that currently – they do a poor job of in-venue, is saying, like, replays. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get, like, the replays, and you also don't get the commentary, right? So it's like, I don't know if, you know, if I go to a Steelers-Patriots game, I'm a big Steelers fan, and I don't know if the I, if the right guard got hurt and he's no longer in there because you're just, it's a different atmosphere, but when you're watching it on TV, you kind of know what's going on, who the new person coming in is, uh, and that experience, I think, in venue um, has to improve, and I think in the next decade or so will improve, if not sooner. So the the technology that I saw um, that I think would be this, to solve all of these issues, which we're probably not there, but in 20 years I think we'll 1,000% be there, is AR. The augmented yeah. reality devices and way you can interact with a world around you that's not really there is going to change the world forever. And to your point, you could be sitting in the stands, you'll be able to see the fancy points that Mookie Betts has or the running back has, watch a replay with your hands in front of your... Like, it was mind-blowing 
the stuff that they have in the pipeline. Just doing like putting a cell phone up against no, and like no, no, that's the way you just like happening. So that's how augmented reality happens now, which you can do, and there's ways to do it, and and there's companies that are investing a ton of money into that, and you can use your cell phone as the trigger. What's coming, and I know Apple's working on it, and so forth. Facebook's announced it is AR um, glasses, and like Google Glass. So that's what I thought, and so humans are okay with wearing glasses even if you don't need glasses like sunglasses they have to get it right right so the google glass was different than ar this is going to be putting yourself into a world that doesn't exist but be able to interact with things all around it such as stats replays information all at your fingertips and your eyes that you can see based on what you want to see at that given moment it's crazy mind-blowing holy cow. that will change the in-venue experience and from hearing and sound and music and i mean i have airpods in right now you can imagine going to a game and hearing joe buck talking to you in your ear while seeing this overlay on the field of football or baseball and all this cool stuff happening around it that keeps you engaged and entertained whether so-and-so is hurt questionable what their stats are that's what you care about, right? Why do you go on the phone when you're at a game? You probably have your fantasy scores going. You're like, oh, or if, you have a, if you're now betting, you could probably place a bet right in front of your face with your hands without ever leaving your seat or even opening your phone. No one's going to talk to another human being ever. No, it, it's going to be like, <laughs> I, this is a terrible reference for you because I know 1,000%. Oh, geez, some movie reference that I've never seen. Yeah, Ready Player One, where it's the Steven Spielberg, where the, the real world exists but the main world is in a virtual world that you go in and become your own avatar and you you live inside this virtual world and it seemed like crazy when you watch this movie but it's not that far off from happening oh it's a uh it's so interesting to me and uh that whole technological sphere is coming like a freight train i also think too chris that it's beginning to do that now is no one ever is going to wait in line for anything concessions ever again. No, and you no guys, you guys already, you guys already have that coming into your new ballpark, which we talked about, right? I just think it's going to be even bigger and more. Um, that's just going to start. I think too, in fifteen years, twenty years, we're going to, uh, you know, be sixty years old, and our grandkids are going to go. Hey, do you remember waiting in line to get a check out your groceries? Oh, that no one that'll no. that'll never be a never be a thing. I think there's going to be a generation who will never have a grocer do the little beep beep and then have someone back. I just think that's they're just going to have their cart walk out and it'll automatically. I think I, I don't shop there because it, it's not close to my house, but I'm pretty sure you can do that with Whole Foods right now with Amazon. Like I, yeah, you can. I think you just go into Whole Foods and you scan the thing and you put it in your you put it in and you walk out and Amazon just charges you. Yeah, you don't even have to scan it. You just put it in and walk out. That's crazy. It's insane. But I do think that that's going to be uh, how everything you're is. Get yes. Concessions food. That's how you're going to get one thousand percent pound of, of you know salami at the at the deli, right? I just think that all of that stuff's going to. Uh, that's how it's going to be, and it's all based on fan experience, right? Because talk about the pinch points. No one wants to wait in line. No one wants to wait. It's for awful. Anything. It's awful. No matter what, if you go to a big stadium and you miss three innings and you paid one hundred and fifty dollars for your ticket or a concert, like why are you staying in line? Then you can only buy a beer and it's, it's for twenty five dollars. <laughs> it's just it's 
it's not to your point it's not enjoyable it's better off staying on your couch and the stadiums and the teams have to figure out how to overcome that for the younger generation they're instantaneous they want instantaneous gratification standing in, in an hour line to grab a beer is not the world that they live in they don't know what a commercial is one of the things I think that's going uh, that people are going to take a lot from is actually uh, soccer, you know, football, uh, world's football, is how they have like their supporters clubs. So like they have different groups of fans. You know, the crazies sit in one area. The people who want to be kind of with their families are going to be in a different area. And I think instead of you know, based on you know your seating location, you're next to the, and I have a three-year-old daughter and. Uh, being next to the hammered guy who's right. shirtless, um, that there'd be kind of different areas around the ballpark. Communal, of, yeah, communal sections. People. It makes sense. Like communal seating, and people want to sit with people that are, like your point, like if you have your three-year-old at Fenway, you don't want to be sitting next to the guy who's heckling the right fielder the whole time and screaming obscenities because that, they're going to get a really good quick education. So, yeah, right. I, I mean, it's always the teams and the leagues that stay ahead of these curves that end up on top. And I think um, over the next 20 years, I mean, you and I will be in our late fifties, which is literally crazy to say, but yeah, we'll be, end, we'll be looking to end our career. We have, we'll be looking for less responsibility, more money. That's the goal, right? That's what we always That's say. Right. That's right. That's uh, right. That's right. But if you go back 15 years ago, when we, you and I both started 16 years ago now, think about how much it's already evolved and it hasn't even been 20 years. I mean, you couldn't buy a ticket on a phone. When- Everything was paper no, tickets. No, I remember uh, a, a minor league baseball promotional seminar that feels like yesterday. They were saying, "Should you get a Facebook page?" <laughs> right? It was no, uh, and people were arguing for yes. People are arguing for no. This is going to be a fad. You don't want to be able to do any of this stuff. Why you even waste your time? Uh, and it was just like, and people were like jotting down notes. We had no idea what was going on, uh, and that's it's just funny how quickly the world changes but in my opinion i think it is uh for the better because what i think happens is as generations are created by the way i learned a new generation out of the alpha generation yeah which is what your kids are in and uh my daughter's what a what a what a, uh, what a badass name we're the alphas like okay yeah, that's a, so you okay. guess you're in charge <laughs> yeah right um don't tell them that, that how, how i won't tell them uh, that how these people, uh, children grow up and are raised um, is really based on what I want, what I want now, and they have higher expectations. So you as uh, operators and uh, folks who run these uh, teams and leagues, you really got to step up your game because they don't want to wait, wait in line and they don't want to, they want to be able to get the kind of information that they're looking for. Uh, and if not, they're going to go do something else. And um, the people who don't adapt and don't change, in my opinion, will be the go the way of the dinosaur. No, no, I, I agree. Uh, the, the interesting, though, is sometimes these discussions become, and I kind of heard a little bit when, when I listened to the podcast, too, is the doom and gloom in baseball or football or everyone will be left behind. And I'm sure 20 years ago, someone said the same thing about our generation. Like, oh, we won't be fans. We won't go. I do think there's something inherently in us as humans for whatever reason we are just drawn to sports and competition and rallying around that it's been like that since the, yeah but they've been doing it since the romans i know and it's just there's something that's ingrained in us that we just crave that type of entertainment from sports 
and the sports I have agree. changed I, and evolved because like obviously you just mentioned Romans we're not doing gladiator shit anymore I mean you can argue football by the way, football might I, be I have I have seen the movie Gladiator Oh what's your thoughts on that I enjoyed the movie Gladiator I've seen it a few times and uh I always thought it was a very good movie Are you not entertained Are you not entertained Russell Crowe right Great movie They're making a Gladiator 2 I think yeah. Don't know how But I guess going back to the point Ever since freaking Gladiator, yes, they are, um, you know, competition, thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, so I always think sports will be a big part of it because people love competition. Kids uh, want to compete. Kids want to play sports. Sports participation still continues to grow, uh, and I think uh, that will continue to to be the case. No, I, I, I just think there's something weirdly ingrained in our DNA as humans that makes us want to be in a group setting cheering on our team our fan our players and celebrating victories f- that with our pride because it's just it's, like you said it's been, it's been happening since the beginning of time the technology will keep people coming back um but you also don't want to lose that celebration of when the guy does hit the game-winning home run that people aren't just like completely immersed in technology that you lose that experience and that memory because some of the best memories you have yeah, i still think it would be be hard to to you know completely uh you know separate yourself from that because it's still people like to gather with other people you know people are always drawn to cities why because there's a whole bunch of people around there right because yeah, that's people true want to be around um people and i think no matter what they'll still be drawn to the game-winning home run they'll still be drawn to the uh you know last second field goal they'll still be drawn to those types of things um, they just might consume the information a bit differently from kickoff to, you know, uh, final whistle. So my um, my mom just texted me. Oh, good. Did she uh, listen to the podcast? She did. And, she uh, she just texted myself is, and Brian. Is she wondering what your title is? No, she just texted well, <laughs> she just texted me and Brian saying, great job, guys. Just listen to the podcast. So, <laughs> we got a thumbs up from uh, Mrs. Valente. So we're... we're, thank, we're thank- Thanks, mom. Just, I hope she subscribed and rated it five stars, though. So I know she'll listen to this one. So when she hears that, she'll ask me how to do that. So we'll, we'll see. That's okay. I, I taught my mom and my in, my mother-in-law how to do that too. So, so yeah, I was at a uh, I was at a family party for my wife the other day, um, for her holiday gathering. Not a family party, a holiday gathering for her um, neighborhood friends that she grew up with. And all these people came up to me like, "Yeah, we're listening to your podcast. We love it." I'm like. Great, no idea. Yeah, good. Keep, Keep going. Listening. Hit that subscribe. Spread the word. Stars. It's uh, it, it, like we said, it's been um, it's a it's been a slow and steady climb, uh, but it's been fun. Not right? so it's slow been... though. I mean, the amount of countries right now. Yeah, you're right. People, not so slow. Not so slow. Not so right. slow. Right. The countries that we're in is still mind blowing to me. But we uh, did you check? Have we gotten Alabama yet? I hope not, for your sake, because oh if God. they heard it, if we then, haven't gotten Alabama yet, I am so upset. If no, if we did, you're in trouble because that means someone there's heard it and they're gonna come for you. Um, <laughs> nope, will. Alabama still hanging on. Nothing. Nothing. Those MFers are just messing with me <laughs> right now, and I think there's some sort of public PSA. That says, don't listen to front office features in Alabama uh, because we don't like Rob Crane. You know what, Alabama? Da, go to hell. That's I fine. I, I, I'm on board. Yeah. I'm on board with the Alabama, the Alabama train. Alabama, ban We don't need ban you. We don't yeah. need you. Ban them. Ban them. We don't need you. 
We got more people in Korea listening that, to this podcast than we do yeah, in Alabama. Give me, <laughs> give, give me Korea. Give, give me uh, Chile. Give me Switzerland. Give me India. All those people that we got. Alabama, go pouncing. Yep. Alabama, you are off. Off the Christmas yeah. card list for Rob. <laughs> You've been off the Christmas card for list for a long time. Um, so um, I thought people would find, as we transition from something <laughs> that I hate to something I like, um, one of the things, we actually like work together professionally, occasionally. Yeah, we did today. We did that today. We did, we, we did that today. So Chris and I actually We, we faked it, but meeting. we did it. So we did it good. And um, we uh, had a meeting with a local bank. Uh, and this is one of those ones that, Chris, you brought to the table, and we've been working on this for a year and a half. Yep. And still haven't crossed the finish line. Not uncommon uh, in my world. Not on, but we'll get there. Uh, but I found it interesting to kind of take people behind the curtain a little bit about these types of discussions, how long they take. What happens when you get something thrown out of you in the middle of nowhere, maybe two or three times um, in those discussions? Uh, our conversations have been interesting since July of 2018, right? Yeah. Uh, we essentially had an agreed-upon deal, right, um, pretty right. much around the Handshake. assets, the term, the investment, and then what happens in this business happens to a lot of people, all, things that you cannot control. You can do everything right. We had a major retirement of an executive at a high level, and we are starting not from scratch, but kind of. It was kind of from scratch. We were representing the exact same opportunity to an all-new individual. Person, to, person who's never seen it before. Never seen it before. Coming in blind, a year and a half of work, all started over this morning at 9 a.m. in downtown Boston. Yeah, which took me two hours and 20 minutes to get to. But, yeah, that's, um, that, is, that is brutal. That should take me 45 minutes. Um, yeah, it, but it's one of those things where your relationships, I think, are one of the things that's kept this thing alive, right? You've known these people for a long time from a previous life at uh, Nesson and so, uh, oh, you know them at DraftKings? No, so uh, this is... Oh, you know them at uh, the freaking Albany, So, right? yeah, this is the great story of how relationships matter and just doing right by your partner. So when I was in Albany, Berkshire was a... Very low, but high for Meyer Leagues, but low investment level partner of ours. And the CEO at the time, Mike Daly, was a huge hockey fan. Used to hook him up with some of the players' sticks because he played he played hockey um, and just stayed in contact with him. I went to Nesson and in my first six weeks gave Mike a call. I was like, hey, man, uh, never know if Berkshire Bank would make sense for Nesson. We have some really cool opportunities with the Bruins. I know you love hockey. Uh, went through a quick meeting with him and our former uh, co- uh, colleague there, Liz, Liz Mock, and ended up presenting and selling the largest Nesson Bruins partnership ever, which they still have to this day, which is Hockey Night in New England, presented by Berkshire Bank, where the, the official bank of the Boston Bruins on Nesson, which was a circumventing the TD Garden relationship. So they went from a low investment level to one of the, to the biggest ever on Nesson and have remained on that with that partnership. Uh, and throughout the years, it's from the Red Sox side of things, our financial institution is Bank of America, so we really haven't, can't find a way to work with them. But when this Worcester opportunity came up and they're so heavy in the Western and Central Mass, we approached them with becoming a founding partner for, with you guys. And 
the relationship obviously with Liz was strong. Mike is no longer there. Liz is no longer there. But we've done a good enough job in terms of navigating this situation to stay with our at the table. And I think we're still in a good spot. Hopefully, we knock on wood if we, we can close this. But um, it's just a, it's a really good case study for people to understand. You can do everything right and go present with the right ideas, the right people, get a yes. And it still isn't enough because sometimes things happen that you just can't control. And if you let that eat at you and take over you, you can go to a very negative place quickly or you can say, you know what? We'll figure this out. There's a solution to every problem. Let's go back in, pull up our big boy pants, represent, get the deal done. And then sometimes it's, you know, it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, what's the old adage, either cut bait or fish. And sometimes it's right, you know, you cut bait. But here, this one was like, nah, I think we got to take our time. We got to be patient with this one and uh, see what happens. So knock on wood, um, we'll, uh, we'll make it through. But it's, I just thought people, we thought people would just be interested a little bit about taking the, you know, I mean, what, they were the first one that we presented to, you know, over a year and a half ago. Um, and, and still you know, going. Sometimes it takes still, time. It does and take it, time. And when it, when you close it, though, it's an amazing feeling. And look, if it doesn't end up getting done, if you can look back and say, maybe because I've done this differently or that differently, there's always ways to improve. I would feel good and look in the mirror, and we both could, that there was we did everything in our power to try and push yeah. us across the line. Totally agree. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, but it was a good meeting. I always love going. By the way, the view. Oh of my that, god, they're on top uh, of State Street, on top of State Street building in Boston, overlooking the harbor and the airport. It's unbelievable view. That was great. Did you get a picture? I did. We'll have to post it on. Um, I took a panor- I took one of those panoramas. You know, I'm I'm very I'm very 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 tech savvy. I have to post it on Instagram. Um, yeah, but we should have uh, uh, an interesting week. Can I tell you about a screw up though? Sure. Um. So I was. Couldn't it be you uh, though. It I'll couldn't talk- be you. No, uh, you can blame me. Why not? Uh, so I we the interview that is for next week. I was so excited about. Uh, her name's Kara Walker, uh, vice president of content and marketing for the Boston Celtics. Big, good get, right? Big title. Big title. Yeah, <laughs> big title. Good get. Good person. She was great. Former Paw Sox intern before my time. Um, and I was so excited for it, right? So uh, I got the little thing all set up. She uh, uh, logged in. We're doing good. We're having a conversation. Yada, yada, yada. Everything dies technical difficulties fire it back up. so fire it back up fire it back up fire it back up i was like all right why don't we do it on my phone i'll put it on speaker and we'll just do it in the phone in the, the uh, microphone it'll sound a little wonky but we'll get through okay no problem going uh recording on my laptop laptop dies in the middle of it. oh let's go try the other one go back to the other one it sounded better all right go back to the other one the other boom dies again same thing up oh. Dies again. Died four times in this thing. And when I was researching on like how the hell to start a podcast, you'd get feedback from people who do this. And they go, "You're gonna have one of the great get, uh, one of the great guests ever, and you're gonna be so excited for it. And then everything is gonna go wrong. And that's exactly what happened when I recorded uh, with Kara uh, late last week." Uh, but the content still good. But you're gonna hear like a couple when people listen to it. There's gonna be a couple chops in there. <laughs> and like, this is 
interesting. Scorsese, so, you yeah. Scorsese, you are not. Well, right. I'm a sales guy that's been trying to <laughs> run a podcast and never knew what the hell was going. Hey, on. you know what? If that at least you got something, it could have been worse. And you got nothing. I mean, you and I have recorded a podcast that literally recorded no sound. So <laughs> that's right. We, we did that. That was, that was so really, that was fantastic. Was really we did a whole podcast <laughs> with no, nothing. So yeah, we spent an hour together talking about something, and then uh, we were like, "Why?" I, I think the it. second version was better, though. I think the second version was better. It was early on, right? It was, it was pretty early on. First yeah. five podcasts that we've done. So, and then we have a blog. Uh, we have a blog coming out. Yeah, welcome back to Blog World. Your hand, I can type. Uh, can I'm type. I'm typing with most of my fingers, not all, of, but most of them. So it's it's easier for me to type now. I can't tell you how impressed I am with your with your hand. I saw it today. You looked like a normal person. Oh, thank you. I, I look like a normal person. Like, I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, you look like a normal person. Thank you. I know. I, I dressed. Like I dressed person. to impress. I look like a normal person. That's, that's good that I look normal going to our meeting. But I'm excited about this. The blog is good. This blog is one of the things that we, you know, a piece of content that we just haven't been able to do because I'm a terrible writer and you are a much better writer, and uh, we've been able to get this thing out. And I really liked the. Um, uh, I really liked what the blog was all about. Yeah. No. Go do. What'd you say? Go do. Do something. Right. Do something. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that was in capital letters at the end. Yeah, I, I think the the message, and hopefully people read it, is look, get get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like you said, we've heard that from other other guests on this show. And this industry sometimes takes you out of your comfort zone, is going to force you into those situations where you have to make uncomfortable decisions. No different than I think I, I alluded to the analogy is would you stay local in your in your backyard to take a, a a major with a college that you had no interest in doing or would you move and go to a college that had the the the, the major that you wanted to actually um, pursue as a career so when you're offered a career opportunity which is a huge part of your life should you take the safe route and stay home or should you take the chance and pick up and go and take the job and the role that you actually want and i think that answer is pretty simple when you boil it down that way right so unfortunately right. we're all not going to be able to live in our, our hometown when it comes to this industry it's just not the way it works and you're going to have to move around quite frequently. Um, you've done it a bunch. I've done it a bunch. Brian, our last guest, has done it a bunch. Uh, so m- the key message in this in this this blog is: look, there's going to be some uncomfortableness of sometimes being unemployed when you graduate and settling for just any job to get your foot in the door. You and I have both have made this very clear. We just do not agree with that advice, right? Like, don't just take right. a job to have a job. So. Get out of your comfort zone and and do something. If something's not working, change it up. You and I, like, you know what? Let's just start a podcast. Let's do something outside of our comfort zone. And it's evolved into all these different... Like, I'm talking tomorrow. I'm sitting down. I I don't know. I think I told you this. I'm sitting down with um, someone very highly involved with the new sports management program at UMass Boston to talk to me about helping launch a class that's an FSM-centric class at UMass Boston Sports Management. And a lot of it revolves around cool. this, like do something. And like, that's how things happen in life. You just have to do it. And this day and age, we talked about technology in 20 years from now, the entryway and the barriers to entry to do something are low. You got to get a microphone, you have a computer, you can blog, you can do a vlog, whatever you want to do, put yourself out there. Totally agree. Just go out and do and uh, I think too is learn a lot about it, right? If you want to be social media, you should know everything about the ins and outs of all of the different platforms. Twitter. If you don't, if you want to be in social media, and 
you don't know how to edit video, you're already behind. You're way behind. So go out and do. Just go start a YouTube page. Who cares? Just go put stuff out there. We gotta get or one of those like going. Idiots. I just thought about that. We gotta we gotta get one of those huh. going. A YouTube page. We have, a YouTube, we have page? a YouTube page. We got our YouTube. Page. We do. It has two videos on it. I think Amanda uh, Weaver, who I met, um, she's fired. Helping us out. She's fired. I didn't know. I gotta, I, she's fired. I haven't checked our Dropbox. Sometimes she just puts, like, she just does videos and for us. So I gotta like go check the Dropbox to see if there's any updated videos. She's like. Amazing. She just like does stuff and happens. So we got to. All right. She's rehired. She's rehired. She's right. No, Amanda's great. She's never. There's never been a question. Love Amanda. But yeah, um, I, I think people and I say like there's a lot of talk. We, you and I talk to a lot of folks. <clears throat> they say what they really want, and then they just completely settle for like the the next best thing that comes along because they get to say again, "Oh, I'm in the I'm in the industry. I got my foot in the door." Getting your foot in the door in the wrong side of the business is com- like if you want to be in baseball operations. Don't be in ticket sales. I mean, I, I don't yeah, know how I, many times we can say this to our blue in the face, but I continually have the same conversation over and over with the people who co- reach out to me and contact me. I, I hope they listen to this podcast before they reach out to me again because it's pretty easy to find us at this point. Because, I mean, when you Google us, I don't know if you know this, a big shout out to us. Front Office Features comes up as like number one. I know. I'm pumped about that. Like, we I'm are SEO killing this bitch. So, like, we're, we're doing okay. if you're not finding us, shame on you. The one thing I... um. I like to always ask the question, am I right? Right? Like you have a thought process and your thoughts can change in life. So I asked Kara because she started in uh, ticket sales and now she's the marketing and content. I said, we talk about exactly what we, what you just said a lot. And I go, are we right? And she goes, yeah, I, I think you are. She goes, but there's also times where if you take a ticket operations job you're really looking at customer service customer service is what we're all based on in marketing right is just servicing the customer so if you're able to take what you are and then build it into what you want uh there's the ability to do that too it's like you can get creative ish but if they're on polar opposites i don't know finance and baseball operations ain't happening i think those are two polar yeah that's not happening right but if you can somehow uh, get them in intertwined. Um, I do think that there might be sometimes like a happy medium ish, if you will, where you can, um, blend something like customer service and marketing, and then you've kind of work your way into it. Is that, are you with me? No, I look for sure. I think, and I think we're mostly telling people don't just take a ticket sales job because that's the most available job out there because that's what you think you're going to land into this social media role. If social media is your passion and social media is where you want to be, get yourself into a role at least within the right department in the right field. Ticket sales is not that just because it's the first people that offer you a job and you can paint a good picture and say, oh, I'm in the, I'm in the industry. I'll just go and do whatever I want now. That was the yeah. case 15, 20 years ago. I we see Red Sox Academy folks come through all the time on the ticket sales side. They're not landing roles in the social media department with the Boston Red Sox or anywhere else. They're just not. Yeah, right. But also go back to your go and do stuff, right? If you want to go social media stuff and you're like, what's going to separate yourself? Why don't you make a, I don't know, say Chris, you were trying to do it. Chris Valente social media consultancy, right? It could be totally fake, but at least that you've got, I created a web page about it. I created uh, my YouTube, my uh, Twitter, my all, all the different ones, though it might be fake, 
but then put not fake, but then you're putting content <laughs> yeah, don't, out on those. Don't fake it. <laughs> yeah, don't fake it. But not that it's like you when you say consultancy, not that you have to have this big business. But if you start putting content out, yep. then that gives you a line, a, 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 a step ahead of the person who's like, yeah, I just got the, you know, I, I helped with my, I don't know, team's field hockey instagram page well yeah also like that's one step but not enough steps we talk about like when you're interviewed it's all about the story you have to tell a really good story and if that's part of your story there's something more to you than just the regular old schmo off the street who has nothing interesting to say because you actually gone out and done what you're applying for It, it just comes down to and like look we keep having these conversations with people and i love having these conversations with people because i feel like at the end of the conversation they feel so much more enlightened that's the best feeling about this is it's pretty simple, but the stress, and that's what my blog says, don't let the stress make you have rash decisions that ultimately lead you down a path that you have no interest going down and freaking out about having a job right when you're 22, because that's what you're told. Society told you, your parents told you, your professors told you, you have to have a job. You have to have a job. Those four, five, six months that you're unemployed looking for the right role versus any role, will you'll never remember those four to five, six months. You'll remember when you landed the right job and the, the feeling you had when you get to the your day-to-day and you feel great about going to work. That'll overcome any of that anxiety about not having a job right away. Like, just do not settle. You've busted your ass this long in life to get to the point where you have a degree. You've gone into debt for it, I'm probably assuming. Make sure... You utilize all of the things you've done to get in the right career path. The next 40 to 50 years of your life is working. Don't rush into right. it just because you <laughs> think you need to have the, a job immediately. Get the right You're career right. path. It's pretty totally simple free. when you boil totally. it down. And I wish I someone told me that 20 years ago too. Like Preach. Like preach. Preach, Chris. Preach, preach to him. Yeah. No. Preach to no, him. No, I preach. My, my preaching's over. It's 945. My, I'm done preaching. <laughs> read the blog how about that read the blog and then then you can call me and then, I'll, then if you don't read the blog and you call me and we have this conversation that means you didn't do your research so shame on you well that's a good episode this is a good episode right welcome back to the blogging world good job on the blog that was great uh, uh, we have to listen to this nice 20 thing. years from now and see how right we are on our technology predictions that's right we should we should we predict the future we should it's be, like a time uh, capsule right it's one of those time capsules we just put in there I do post when you post it when I post it up on the um, on uh, our hosting site. It says, "Do you want this to live forever?" And I said, "Yes, I do." Obviously, Would, does that give you an expiration death date? Like, if, if you say no, I mean, you can have it like last for a week or something like that and come down. But no, we're no, not. we're not going to do that. Um, All right. Well, have you watched another movie? No, I don't think so. so. My wife Rachel is catching up. And she just listened to when Front Office Feature sends a man sends a man to jail, and she goes, "We need to get Rob some movie tickets." (laughs) I was like, "No, Rob doesn't." (laughs) I'm not going to use. I said that he goes. I promise. And he was, and she was very impressed that you have a three year old daughter and have avoided movies until I'm like, "Well, you haven't caught up with the podcast. He's watched a movie since. Like, you need to." I've got Moana under the belt. Um, Yeah, but I haven't watched anything else, and I have no ambition to. I'm very impressed. Mind Unless you, I find a documentary. So maybe. Ben Asipow, my my sales associate, was describing you to someone today because um, they're like, "Oh, do you listen to the podcast?" And someone was like, "No, I don't listen to the podcast." 
And they're like, well, you have to because Rob Crane is the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's true. No, he finds you to be the most interesting. The fact that you hate Swedish fish, he doesn't know very many people. Though. The fact that you hate Swedish fish, which he loves, and the fact oh, Swedish fish and the fact that you don't watch movies, which he is all in on, makes you the most interesting man in the world to him. <laughs> like a complete opposite human being. You know what else I hate with a white hot passion? Peas. Okay, I, I can understand that one. That one I can see. Peas are, there's, I'll say this. Everything, it comes off of the grade of peas. Peas are the grossest thing on God's mushy, green. Yeah, I can see mushy and peas. And everything yeah. is underneath that. Like it goes like peas, Swedish fish, and Tootsie Rolls. Probably top. All right, whoa, 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 whoa. Swedish fish and peas are not on the same. <laughs> not on the same. Maybe a little That's bit. That's a little extreme. A little bit, but peas. Tootsie Rolls, I'll give you. Original. Tootsie Rolls, I will give you. Swedish fish cannot be on the same level as peas. They're all gross. No, no, I, I, that's that's an exaggeration. Peas are the worst. Everything else is underneath. All right, I'll I'll, I'll accept I'll accept that. But Swedish fish and peas are not. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, um, right. we've gone. I mean, this is. I think this is. This might be our longest podcast. Jeez, man, we just keep talking about this stuff. It's the future gets us excited. The future, yeah. Back to the future. Um, our future. Twenty years from now, we'll listen to this. We'll have to make that. We'll put a note in our my our iPhones, which will be obsolete by then. To Listen to this podcast on. We we'll use, we'll use our little Facebook. Glasses yeah, little Facebook there. Facebook AR glasses. Um, well, this was fun. This was good. Go read the blog. Go subscribe to all of our blog. channels. Go please give us reviews on iTunes. Leave a five star review if you haven't yet, because if you've been listening this long to us for the last four months and you haven't reviewed us, shame on you. Um, subscribe. Personal insult. Follow us everywhere. Uh, I want you to subscribe unless you live in the state of Alabama. But they didn't. They didn't hear that because no one's listening there anyway. So no one heard you say that. Right. So that's fine. Right. I don't. I don't want. I, if you're driving from Florida to Texas, oh. I want you to stop the podcast in Alabama. So we can manipulate. We, we have two different ways to manipulate this. So my parents are retiring next year, but they're going on a cross country trip this year. They're going to probably be crossing off a lot of states. We could have them fire up the podcast in some certain states. I don't nope. know if we. Nope. Nope. No, I'll leave Alabama nope. off the list. We'll tell them Alabama. Fine. But we have most of the other ones, right? So, like, uh, the only one that pisses me off is Alabama, and that's how we're going to lose. Okay. I don't want to get fired up. We had a good podcast. We had a good podcast. A good podcast. Right? Get me angry. Right I'm sorry. Alabama. Roll Tide. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See you. Later. Later.